As a sales manager, you are judged by the performance of your team and you're praised when they do well. But one thing that you've not been able to figure out is how to get everyone on your team consistently hitting quota every single month. On the Snack Size Sales Podcast, we discuss the science of selling STEM. Sales leadership in the science, technology, engineering, and manufacturing fields is difficult. You will learn from sales managers just like you that will give you actionable insights and tips on how to develop as a leader and achieve your revenue targets every single month. So pop your headphones in and get ready to listen to my guests today. They will give you information and inspiration to ensure that you have actionable insights that you can put into place today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Science of Selling STEM. Today, I am so excited. I have John Ferrara, the CEO of Nimble. How are you, John? I'm good, Weslin. I'm super excited to be here today with you and more importantly, your audience, because I think that we all grow by helping other people grow. And so I hope that our conversation today leaves the people listening with some inspiration, education that helps them to become better, smarter, faster tomorrow. Awesome. I am excited to jig in with you. Let me tell you guys a little bit more about John. He's a SaaS entrepreneur and a CRM pioneer. He's mostly known for founding one of the first CRM's gold mine in the 1990s. In 2010, he reimagined CRM by building Nimble, the simple CRM for Office 365 and G Suite. John's core values are building products that help others achieve their passion, plan and purpose, and what drives his success. So you, as my children say, back in the 1900s, <laughs> they like to make me feel nice and old. In the 1900s, you built a whole CRM and now you're on another one that we widely know. How did you start your career and how did you get to where you are today? Well, I think I started my career on the shoulders of giants, right? I think that we all are here on this planet because of the work that other people did. And it was really a blend of... Uh, my father, who was uh, one of the top uh, Lincoln Mercury guys in the country in the 50s and a, a Subaru dealer, one of the first ones in California in the 70s, and my uncle John, who invented radar and microwave at MIT in the 40s. These people inspired me to take chances with life, to never say shoulda, coulda, woulda. And also, I'll attribute the space program based out of uh, Texas. Uh, the space program really inspired me to look towards science as a way to achieve my dreams. And so when uh, when I graduated from high school, I bought my first computer in 1978. Very few people in my town had a computer in those days. I worked my way through my computer science degree at a computer land store. And it was there I saw the adoption of microcomputers by businesses at scale and learned uh, about their needs because I then graduated from my degree and went to work in business. And it was there working in business that I saw the adoption of PCs and the need for software to drive the productivity of those solutions. And more importantly, it was at a company in Texas, in Dallas, that I was working at in sales. And they basically, there was no CRM, there was no contact management, Outlook and Salesforce didn't exist. 
And it was the days of DOS, Disk Operating System. So PCs didn't even have a program that integrated email, contact, and calendar, and sales and market automation. And as a salesperson working as part of a field team, I needed something to not only manage my contacts, but to collaborate with my team about the contacts that we were simultaneously engaging with. And all I had to arm myself was scraps of uh, paper that I made notes on, my day timer that I put my appointments and my contacts on, and a spreadsheet that I put my forecast on. And I said, there's got to be a better way. I couldn't find it. So I quit my job and I started Goldmine. Wow. So how did you find yourself as a computer science major in sales? Well, you know, the funny thing is, Westland, is that I never wanted to be my dad. My dad was the consummate entrepreneur salesperson. I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be more my, my uncle, who was a pioneer in electrical engineering with radar, microwaving, satellite communication. So I, I bought a computer and I studied computer science. But, you know, you can't avoid your heritage. You... Mm. You become your father or your mother without a choice. And so I found that I had to pay for my school and I got this job in a, a computer store and I found out that I was really good in sales. But the way I ended up as a computer science major in sales is I spent two years at an aerospace company, Hughes Aircraft, and did systems work. I spent a year at a startup out of Boston and did systems engineering, pre and pro sales work in order to support the salesperson. But I saw that really the opportunity for growth wasn't in the pre or post sales role, it was in sales because those are the people that are on the point of the customer interaction and the ones that get rewarded most. So I had to try my hand at it. And as I tried to do sales, I struggled because we're still working in the, the dark ages of uh, sales automation, which is paper. And I knew there had to be a better way to not just arm myself, but my team around me. And what I wanted was a tool that integrated the contacts I was connecting with, the conversations I was having, the activities I was driving. And of those activities that I'm driving, the pipeline that I'm managing, but I wanted to be able to do that, not just for myself, but my entire team in my district office, but to collaborate with the corporate people because it's not just salespeople that touch the customer, it's everybody in the whole journey, pre and post cycle, including product, marketing, management, shipping, accounting. And so I saw the need for not just contact management for a team or CRM for a team, but a blend of contact management and sales and market automation for the whole company. And that's what really caused me to go out and pioneer Outlook and Salesforce before either existed with Goldmine. Wow. And, you know, I think the crazy thing is, it's like you said that that was back in the, the 80s, 90s when you had that, that realization. It was 1989 when I had that realization. And it's, it's crazy that companies still don't have it figured out today. <laughs> I mean, it's like <laughs> it's 2022 and they still are like using paper and doing crazy things. Hallelujah and amen. I'm, and I'm going to tell you the history of contact management because contact management is the root of SFA, Salesforce Automation and CRM. And it's one of the reasons why CRM today is broken as is contact management. So let me give you some history and bring us to the present of what the problem is. So historically, contact management was a Rolodex. It was that thing that you put the business cards in, but it didn't enable you to automate that process because it was just a Rolodex of cards. And so somebody smart figured out how to build a recall date system with six by nine cards and a little metal box. And what you did is you put the name of the person you're outreaching to, the note on the call, 
and the recall date of when you said you're going to follow up with them. And typically in a call, you say, I'm going to follow up with you in two weeks, right? Mm. So if you don't do what you say in business, that's the basics. You don't win games. And so the recall date six by nine index card system was really the root of foundation of the idea of gold mine. But more importantly, the blending of that recall date system, which is just like your pipeline of people you're calling on to your Rolodex, which is your entire network. And imagine you wanted to be able to do that for a whole team. And that was the idea of Goldmine back in the day and Outlook didn't exist. So in those days, Outlook was a Outlook Express, which was an inbox. It didn't have contacts or email connected. And the funny thing about Microsoft is they don't innovate, they iterate. They wait for somebody else to build the market and then they come up when it's big enough to build something good enough to dominate the market. And they use their muscle to dominate, which is billions of users and hundreds of thousands of VARs. And by the time Microsoft introduced Outlook, which was a copy of Goldmine, we had already had two to five million customers around the world using our product. And so Goldmine was not just the first CRM, it was the first contact manager for teams. And the idea behind that is everybody in the company is touching the customer simultaneously pre and post sales cycle. And it's not just prospects and customers that you need to connect with to grow your business. At Nimble, we connect to editors, analysts, bloggers, influencers, third party developers, investors, advisors. So there's a constituency that you need to connect with outside your business. And there's a whole team of people within your company. And so Goldmine was the contact manager for whole companies back in the day when none existed. And when Outlook introduced contact management, Goldmine by that time has shifted up into SFA and CRM. SFA is essentially the rifle and the map, the tools of soldiers, the salespeople need to win wars, boots on the ground. And then if you think about the CRM, it's more of the engine for reporting on the activities of the salespeople and the managing of the leads that you turn into customers. And so CRM is really for management, SFA is for salespeople, and contact management is for the whole team to manage the relationships. And so what happened was Outlook became the team contact platform. So CRMs forgot about contact management and they became more uh, SFA and really more CRM because CRMs don't give you the SFA tools you need, like the outreach, email, template, tracking software, the sales intelligence. So when you buy a CRM today, you got to buy Outreach IO, SalesLoft, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, or Zoom Info, or all of the above, and then try to integrate that to your CRM and then try to teach salespeople to use it. And they don't talk to each other well. And so that's why today contact management is broken because today, if you want to do contact management for a team, your choice is Google Cloudworks or Workplace, whatever they called it now, they keep changing the name. It's basically Gmail and Microsoft 365. And so if you're a business, you have to choose your business operating system, which is email, contact, and calendar. And the problem is, is that Microsoft and Google contact don't do good contact management for the team because every team member in your company has separate contact database and the contacts aren't linked to the email calendar, let alone the social. And so your sales reps don't live in your CRM. They live inside of email and now more and more LinkedIn. And so the reason CRMs fail is lack of use of bad data. And that's why they call it Salesforce because I got to force salespeople to use it. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I, oh, I love that. Back in the day, Goldmine was not just the whole team's contact platform, but the SFA, the salesperson needed and the reporting CRM features that management needed. And today all that's broken because Google and Microsoft don't provide good team contact management and CRMs don't provide contact management or SFA. And so what happens is companies buy Salesforce or whatever, 
and then they buy sales off outreach, LinkedIn sales navigator, Zoom info, but then their team doesn't have a good contact platform. So what happens is the team uses spreadsheets for relationship management. So in closing, there's 225 million global businesses, less than 1% use any CRM. Most people's CRM or contact platform is spreadsheets, post-it notes, and email. And that's what Nimble fixes. Wow, that was a deep dive into the the challenges with the CRM. You know, from my, my side, what I see is the low adaptability rate of salespeople using the CRM and then yep. sales managers just using it as a, a punishment tool to beat them over the head, right? Just beating they them over the head. They don't look at the reports of the CRM until the sales reps not performing and then they go and beat them with the CRM. And so the problem is, is CRMs don't work for the salespeople. They work for it and they have to go to it to use it. Imagine yeah. if the CRM worked for you by building itself automatically from the contacts email calendar and external social data that you have and basically unified the contacts for your entire company and team, enrich it with people and company data so you don't have to Google them, you nimble them, and then synthesize the history of interactions and then live where you work. We live in our inbox. We live inside of social. We live on business web pages where we're researching people. And imagine if you had a CRM that was sitting there like a little nudge that would basically say, oh, this is Wesleyan Greer. This is where she's from. This is what her business is about. This is what her podcast is about. This is the history of interactions that our team has had and enabled me to get the context and insights I need to engage. But then more importantly, the ability to log the note and schedule the next task wherever I happen to be engaging. That would enable salespeople to adopt it more and that's why I got back in this business. 10 years ago, I started using social. I saw it was going to change the way we work, play, buy, and sell. I looked for a relationship manager that was connected to social. Couldn't find it. I looked at contact management CRM, saw they were broken. So I said, you know what? My kids are now all in school. I got time on my hand. I'm going to get back up on that saddle and I'm going to ride into the breach again. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I think that you made a, a lot of good points, right? The biggest challenge with adopting all, I mean, the, the sales, SaaS, tech stack every single day, I mean, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. And one key thing that we have to understand is that our salespeople, our sales managers, they need easy, right? It's like, I have this quota. I have to hit these KPI. I have so many things I have to do. I can't log into 10 different systems. I can't no. do all of these things. So one thing is make the system talk. Okay, if the systems don't talk, what's the better thing? It's to actually have a system that does these things for you. And yeah. as somebody who's a sales consultant and sales trainer, I try a whole bunch of different CRMs. And so I remember using Nimble. One of the things that I really liked was as soon as I signed in, I was like, oh, every single person I've ever emailed ever in Outlook is just in there. <laughs> automatically, right? And so I think that when we think about, okay, I got to get my salespeople using something, right? And you mentioned the the big bad wolf. It's called Salesforce because you have to force the people, the salespeople to use it. Talk to me about, you know, when you see, hey, I made this to really think about how salespeople are using a system and to help enable them. What types of things do we need to do, whether it's through software or through our actions to enable our salespeople? Well, let's just talk about the job of a, of a salesperson. You know, in the old days, 
the salespeople would build their brand on the promises they make and the experience they deliver. And people would basically recommend their friends after they bought for them because they provided such a great experience. They would not only come back and buy again, but they drag their friends with them. Today, what we've got is we've got these SDRs that are being fed these eyeballs generated by AdWords, and they're basically putting them on these automation tools to spam them with a bunch of automated emails to try to get them into a phone call conversation. And you've seen this, right? Yes, <laughs> it is. Automation is, is killing the profession of sales. It is killing us. But if you're a salesperson, in fact, a business professional, because everybody's in sales, listen to me today. If you want to get your prospects and customers and ideally their influencers to pick up the phone and call you when they need their products and services and to drag them friends with them, then you need to become their trusted advisor, mm -hmm. which means you've got to stop talking about yourself. Stop talking about your products. Nobody cares. People don't buy great products. They buy better versions of themselves. So what you want to sell is people a better version of themselves by becoming their trusted advisor by giving you knowledge away. Because you've forgotten more about your products and services than your customers will ever know in their lives. And imagine if you, rather than talking about how great you are, your products are, you talk to your customers about how they can be great by sharing content that is inspirational and educational in and around the areas of promise of your products and services. So how to be better, smarter, faster at whatever you sell. Even if it's talking about the industry itself or even competitors, what you're doing is you're inspiring and educating people on a daily basis. And you do that in the places where your constituency has conversations about how to be better, smarter, faster. And they do that in places like Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram and blogs and LinkedIn groups and a lot of different places. So you want to build an identity that has a really great avatar where people can see your eyes and your face because that's the heart to your soul. And you want to build an identity in these places and then regularly share content. And if you can't write content, and I'm not a writer, I'm a math computer science major, I curate content from people that inspire me in and around the areas of my products and services promise. And when I curate it, I attribute their name and I hashtag the category. And so category might be pound social sales or marketing. And then I share that on my identities. And with different identities, I share different amounts on Twitter, you know, maybe five to eight times a day, LinkedIn a few times a day. And then I listen and engage, not with the intent to sell people stuff, but to serve them. And so what I try to do is I try to, when people connect with me, I'll nimble them because nimble lives in my browser and I could hover on a, on a Twitter message or a LinkedIn message or a business article or an email and it'll build the record or bring up the record if it doesn't exist. And then I will look at their background. Who are they? What are they about? And find ways that I might be able to add value and communicate back to them in a relevant, authentic way where I'm blowing wind in their sales and just making a connection. How many times has people connected with you and you immediately get this message? Uh, hey, Weslin, have you thought about using this service or doing this thing, right? No, don't sell people. Don't connect and sell. Connect and serve. Service is the new sale. So if you build an identity in the places where your constituents are having conversations, you share content to inspire and educate them, you listen and engage with the intent to serve, then your brand will grow as a trusted advisor. When people need you, they'll call you and they'll drag their friends with them. And I have a recipe for that. It's called the five E's of social business. Educate, enchant, engage, embrace, and empower. You educate with enchanting content. You engage with the intent to grow people. And you embrace people in a way that you're adding value to them and growing them. 
And I think that's why we're on this planet. We're on this planet to grow. And the best way to grow is helping other people grow. Hmm, that's good. Serve before selling. It's something that I often say. And I like how you use uh, nimble as a verb. You nimble them, right? Uh, so really understanding who that person is. Because again, the best salespeople are doing background research on you and they understand yeah. who you are. They understand you as a buyer and the things that matter to you. And then yeah. instead of just saying, hey, my name is Wesleyan. Come buy from me because I'm amazing. You say, hey, John, I noticed that you have a bachelor's in computer science. I'm a chemist. We yeah. love to connect, right? It's like, oh, okay, another person in my world. You're a STEM. And you know, it really is basic. And I think the greats have already taught us all this stuff. The Zig Ziglar's, the Dale Carnegie's, the Napoleon Hill's. And when I teach salespeople, I say, when you go in somebody's office, look at their walls, look at the books they read, the degree of the school they went to, the knickknacks they collect. And today you do that digitally, of course. And you do that in order to figure out who they are and what they're about to determine your areas of commonality. And then you share that in order to earn the intimacy and trust to get them to open up to you about their business issues, which as a professional, you can either solve or introduce them to somebody who could solve them. And by doing that, you earn trust and when they do need you or their friends need you, guess who's going to get the call? And so you actually get cold called by your prospects rather than you calling them. Mm, switch the paradigm, right? So they yeah. come to you. So I think one of the greatest honors is when somebody sends me a message and they say, hey, I see that you do this. Can you help me? Yeah. I'm interested in what you do. That shows that one, your personal branding, your branding is on point. You're speaking, as you said to your avatar, speaking to a person, not people, not a company, a person which so many people get wrong. You're speaking to your person. You're understanding what their pain points are, what their problems are, and you're actually helping them to solve them by your engaging content. So before we started recording, you told me that after you sold Goldmine, you had a little hiatus before starting Nimble. Tell us about that. So I sold Goldmine when I was 40 years old. I'm 62 today. And I spent 10 years raising three babies. And I'll tell you what, Westland, if you want to grow your soul, become a present husband, father, parent, because there's no better way to grow than to be a present father or parent. Because your kids will, if you're present with them, will reflect your shit back at you. And if you're willing to see your shit and work on it, that's how you grow. And I spent 10 years growing in amazing ways. But also, I was able to be present for so many precious moments that many fathers miss because we're all so busy out there working. And today, both parents work. But still, the woman, in many cases, has to continue to take on the role, the main role of parenting, which... I found is really difficult because if you're a present parent, your mind goes to mush because the chaos around you, all the kids is just really taxing. And so in those 10 years, I grew incredibly as a human being. My appreciation for the work that women do in this world just skyrocketed. And I softened my soul and my heart, which I think is important to do as a human being in the brief period of time that we're on this planet. And I determined what my purpose on this planet is is to simply grow my soul in the brief period of time that I'm here. And the best way for you to grow your soul is about helping other people grow theirs. And the best people to do that with is the people you love, like your close family. And so I just feel blessed that I was able to do that for 10 years. Mm. 
So how that experience that you had, um, spending time with your kids, being their primary caregiver for 10 years, how has that translated into the way that you lead uh, once you started this new company, Nimble? I think that I definitely lead from a place of empathy, uh, a place of empathy for our customers, for our partners, and more importantly, our team members. And I think that if you lead with empathy, then you're really leading with listening and a desire to understand the people that you're interacting with and how you can serve them. And also you can make micro adjustments to the things you do, the products you're delivering to serve them better. And I think that if you really truly get in the trenches with your team, with your customers and understand their plight and adjust what you're doing with each of them that individualize to that particular person or constituency, I think that resonates with people. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Nimble brand and maybe even myself resonates so well with others. Mm. Share an example of when you, you've been able to really use your empathy to get through a difficult situation with a, a colleague or an employee, um, really leaning into that. Because I think a lot of people don't understand like empathy versus sympathy. How, okay, I'm an empathetic person, but in a real life situation, how do you actually use empathy to work through a difficult situation? Well, I think that... Uh... Empathy really starts with listening, really putting yourself in the other person's shoes and understanding where they're coming from, which then leads to solutions that you can create solutions that prevent roadblocks and blockage from occurring. Imagine if you weren't listening to your customers or your team members or your business partners, and it got to the point where the garden had so many weeds in it that the other person decided to rototill the garden rather than actually continuing to invest in it. And so I think that relationships are a lot like gardens, that you need to get out there and tend to them and nurture them on a regular basis. And if you do that, they produce incredible results. If you don't, then you might end up in a divorce where you have to rototill the thing. And so I think that leading with empathy really helps for you to better understand the constituency around them, to serve them better, and to produce more. Mm. That's good. Produce more, serve them better. Words that all strong leaders should really use. So you started your career as a salesperson. You had a company, you sold it. You then took a a sabbatical, if you will, for a few years before starting your new company. So how did all of those diverse experiences make Nimble what it is today as this amazing CRM and place that people want to work? Well, I think that the best products come from your own need because you're passionate about it and you understand the problem. And my first company, Goldmine, came from my desire to manage my contacts and to collaborate and work as a team, both in the district office and the corporate office, and to take those contacts and connections that we were simultaneously building and to apply some uh, sales and marketing techniques to drive results from them. And so I couldn't find a solution. I built it. Nimble really evolved from my early adoption in Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So I listened to this thing called This Week in Tech with Leo Laporte. And he interviewed the founder of Twitter back in 2008 or nine or so. And I listened to it. I said, Twitter, really? What's that? And I I went and looked at it. And basically, it was a place where you can go post words and people interact with you. (laughs) And so I I signed up for an account and I said, hello world. (laughs) (laughs) Hello world is sort of something that an old, like Eliza, artificial intelligence thing that is just a way to sort of tech geek talk. 
anyways, I started to use it. And imagine I was a dad for 10 years, out of tech for 10 years. I didn't really have my own brand. I was out of network and I was really out of touch with the acronyms and ideas of the age. But as I started to use Twitter, I started to interact with people and start conversations and begin to rebuild my brand. And then I shifted that conversation into places like LinkedIn and Facebook. And I started to use these social networks in order to start conversations and build my brand in and around my passions in life, which include many things on a personal level and professional level. And by doing that, I saw the immense power of communication and conversation and community. And I started to build a bigger network and connections. I looked for something to manage those newfound connections. I found a thing called Hootsuite, which enabled me to manage the conversations, but it didn't allow me to tie those conversations to contacts. I started looking at contact management and in the cloud, it was only Google because Microsoft was still on-prem servers. And I saw that Google contacts didn't link email and calendar to the contact, let alone have contacts shared by a team, let alone connect it to social. And then I started looking at Serum and saw they weren't even about social, let alone contact management because contact management was done in Outlook and social was done in LinkedIn. And in many cases, people weren't even aware of LinkedIn yet. So back in these days, people thought Twitter was a place where a bunch of propeller heads had conversations about tech. Facebook was a place to hook up with their high school sweetheart and LinkedIn was a place to get a job. But I saw that it was going to change the way we work, play, buy, and sell. And I started to reimagining Serum by building a contact manager for the whole company that had Serum features in it, had SFA features in it, but it integrated social and the email contact calendar of Google. And I went up to LinkedIn and met with their management and convinced them to give me their public and private APIs, which nobody ever had or had and I integrated deeply into LinkedIn, into Twitter and Facebook and basically pioneered the first social CRM and pioneered social selling back in 2010 and 11 before people knew that social was going to be applicable to business and really rode that wave of the early social pioneers. Mm, okay. So you, again, you use kind of like those diverse experiences. You're like, hey, I'm trying to rebuild my personal brand. What am I going to do? I'm going to pick up and I'm going to try some things. And then you found a problem that needed to be solved. And yeah. as salespeople, as sales leaders, I think that that's the, the thing that you have to identify. What is the problem that the marketplace has to, that needs to be solved? What does your buyer, what are their pain points? And speak to those pains, speak to those problems, the lack of integration, the lack of things talking, really leaning into those things to help the marketplace understand what it is that they are doing. So as we wrap up, I'm curious, you've had a very, very amazing career, both professionally and personally. What is one thing that you're most proud of accomplishing? I think the thing that I'm most proud of and most grateful for is being a present parent and husband. I think that we're here to grow and the best way to grow is by helping other people grow. Most important people to help grow are the people that are close to you, your family. And if I have been able to add to the world some additional human beings that share my philosophy that life isn't about making money, that it's about making memories out of moments where you're truly present with others and leaving this planet a better place, then I think I've done a decent job in my life and it's what I'm most proud of and grateful for. Awesome. That's amazing. Being a present parent 
I tell people that, you know, the quality of time you spend with your kids is very important. Maybe the quantity isn't that great if you're traveling or, you know, you work outside the home, but make those moments impactful. Make that five minutes, that 10 minutes, the five hours, make it memorable for them. So John, if people want to get in contact with you, what is the one best way? Well, you know what? Google me and find a, a channel or identity that is most comfortable for you. In fact, I'm gonna challenge you, Google yourself because your customers, your prospects and others will Google you. And if you don't show up on the first page in a way you'd like, fix it. Go create a Wikipedia page about yourself and basically just do it according to the rules, cite your content, put in an avatar and you can actually improve the way people see you. But to make it really easy, my email is jon at nimble.com. Reach out to me and let me know how I might be able to help you in some of your passion, plan, and purpose in life. And if you do go try nimble at nimble.com and you do feel it might add value to you, use the code JOHN40, J-O-N-4-0, when you become a subscriber and it'll save you 40% off your first three months. Oh, that's awesome. John 40. So go try Nimble. As I said, I've tried it. It is an amazing CRM. And especially if there's somebody who's new to using CRM and you're moving from paper or spreadsheets, it's great. Or if you want to increase the usability with your sales team. Thank you so much, John. I'd like to leave with your audience is this. CRMs are not just for salespeople. And really everybody needs a personal CRM because everybody tells you that your network is your net worth. Your personal brand plus your professional network will help you achieve your dreams in life. And it's more than just salespeople that need to do that. Any business professional today needs to do that. And you should have your own golden Rolodex, your own personal CRM, because today most people's CRM is Google contacts and LinkedIn, and that's not very good because you don't own your Google, your contacts in LinkedIn and Google contacts isn't a really great contact manager. So if you are a business professional today who wants to build their brand and grow their network, go sign up for Nimble and start using it in the places where you're engaging, even if your company forces you to use some other serum at the office. And if you're a business owner thinking about your company, yes, a typical company of 100 might have five salespeople, but the rest of the people in your company are engaging with the constituents around your business. And if you improve that engagement, then you're going to improve your growth. And Nimble is the serum for more than just salespeople. And so use Nimble for all the people that are interacting at your company with the community around your company, and it will help you grow your business. Awesome. Thank you so much, John. I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today and I'm excited for anybody who wants to try Nimble out. Send me a message, send John a message, and we'll definitely help you get up and running. So that was another episode of the Science of Selling STEM. And thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, in all that you do, transform your sales. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.